0: Yes, people, it is time for another echoes from the goddamn void. And um, people, right? It has been said that social media is destroying the youth. Well, it, it's not doing a great job on the uh, the older generation either, right? Um now this I have to think is hilarious, right? But a um a mafia, right? A mafia henchman, he was um you know, he's been a, a fugitive, right? He'd fled Italy and he was uh, living it up, right? He was living it up in the Dominican Republic And he'd been hiding for a while Right? He'd been hiding for a good chunk of change But this dumb son of a bitch Right? He, he was uh, caught Because he decided to do a YouTube cooking show He thought he was a bit of a Jamie Oliver (laughs) And um, yeah Got himself caught by the feds Right so it said He'd covered up his You know he'd made sure to not show his face Right but The dumbass forgot that He's got recognizable tattoos, and uh, yeah, everyone could see the tats, and uh, they figured it out, right? Figured it out. <coughs> sent the, uh, you know, sent the hounds in, and um, homie is getting extradited back to Italy to face charges. <laughs> the thing is, right He was a member of One of the most infamous You know, mafia families Who, right now Are, um, yeah Getting everything thrown at them 355 members of this family Are uh, currently Facing charges and 355 that is insane, insane, right? But fuck, what are you gonna do? Oh man, right, so. Tomorrow, 1st of April, right? And everyone does that stupid ass shit, you know, April Fools, which everyone understands as an April Fool because it's on the 1st of April. Well, Volkswagen, man, Volkswagen had some dumb ass motherfuckers, right? So they sent out a press release going, We're changing our name. Right, so Volks is a V O L K S. Right, so They were like, we're gonna be called Volkswagen, As in V-O-L-T-S And supposedly Right, it's like Oh, because we're committed to electric cars Now I don't think Anyone bought it Right, it's the sh- stupidest thing But then they came out After doubling down a few times They came out and said oh, uh, Actually it's an April Fool's joke and I'm like But it's not April yet You dumbasses You know? So it makes me wonder right I bet These dumbasses At a Volkswagen Actually considered doing it Right? I bet they considered Doing it and thought That everyone was gonna Jump on board And tell them how great they were But because everyone Has scoffed Scoffed at them And rolled their eyes That they've had to clamor And go, ah, gotcha Made you look April Fool's and then again, they look even stupider because it's like it's still March, you dumb, dumb idiots. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. All right? Now, I saw this, right? And I'm thinking, hmm. Right? So it said that, you know, Joe Biden's dog has been biting people. Right, biting people Now there's a few things to this, right Because firstly They're saying that You know, they weren't You know Dangerous bites Right, they're saying that The the people that got bit You know, it wasn't um, Anything Serious Nothing serious, right No injuries came From these bites, they were little nips So you kind of think, if that's the case, if that's the case, then what the fuck is wrong with people, right? If it's not a serious bite, why would these staff members be blowing up the spot like that, right? So either the people in the place hate that dog, hate the dog. And they're just like, if we make enough complaints, if we make enough noise, someone's going to put that dog down. Or, now, what I think, right, Major is not even a dog, right? I mean, this is a conspiracy. I think Major is um, Jill's pet name for Joe, all right, Joey's been getting a little frisky behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Because look, Joe, old Joey boy, we know he, he he's getting a little dementia coming on. He's um yeah been getting a little frisky, but he's mistaking people for Jill, and he's been going around giving giving young ladies a little nippy nip behind the scenes, and it's a problem. So. To cover it up, they blamed it on the dog. That's what I feel has really been going down. And, um, yeah. Um, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, motherfuckers! <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, let's get into it. Because, yeah, there's been a lot of crazy, crazy going down. As usual, people. As usual. So, uh, yeah. Let us, um... Let's talk some craziness. And have some fun. Alright, let's go. So the other day I wake up to um just all this talk about I'm burning my Nikes. I can't believe that. This is crazy. And I was like, what is everyone going on about? Right? Why is everyone suddenly hating Nike for, you know, some strange reasons? Then you find out, right? So, there's some shoes that have been called the Satan shoes, you know, coming out, right? And the whole thing is just ludicrous, right? It's just a dumbass situation. And... I just think, right, this whole thing, it's just publicity, right, because, okay, so this art collective, MS, what, MSCHF, I don't know if that's meant to mean anything, because I'm not down with the kids, as it would seem, but, you know, it's some collaboration with, um, Nas X right Lil Nas X ah, Whatever they, he calls himself But it's a pair of Air Max Right It's a pair of Nike Air Max So straight out the gate Like you know You know that shit's gonna get pulled Right If you're trying to sell Another firm's product your shit's getting pulled, unless you've made an official collaboration with them, it ain't gonna wash, right, this isn't rockets, like, everyone knows that shit, how many times have we seen that happen, how many times, thousands of times, so, yeah, it's no surprise, like, the whole Satan thing is just, Whatever, like it's what. But I don't know. I'm 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 looking at these shoes, and I'm just like, I wouldn't pay shit for these. Right? I wouldn't pay shit for like. Oh, they've got Luke ten eighteen on the bottom. Oh, crazy! And then on the heel, it will say you know, what number shoe you have, right, there's, yeah, they, they're they trying to be edgy, so obviously they've released 666 pairs of these shoes, right, so you could, oh, what number will you have, oh, and the shoe's like $1,018, right,
1: so
0: that's, uh, right, you know what I was like. How did they just come up with that? And I, I realized what one thousand and eighteen. Yeah, Duh. it's ten eighteen. Obviously, right. I've got that. You. Know, that's what seven hundred and forty pounds UK money. But it, it's, I don't know, man. You you're just looking at all of this and the um, you know. They've got a pentagon on the front, right? Covering up the laces. And supposedly, right? Supposedly, there is blood. Real human blood in the shoe as well. Dum, dum, dum. So, um, yeah. I, I'm just, come on. Come on, man, right, so I think they have put, what, like, 2.03 fluid ounces of red ink with a single drop of human blood, right, but I have to think, how the fuck are you meant to know there's human blood in there, right, it, it's, it's a cute thing to say, right, be like, hey, you little goths, we got some. You buy these shoes? There's real blood in them. Ooh, go get you some. But no one knows if that's really gonna be human blood because well, no one's gonna cut them open and send it to a lab and be like, "Hey, can you just? I just want to check. Is there real blood in here? Can you can you let me know? Hey, no one's gonna do that because you know that's gonna invalidate <laughs> these stupid ass traders you've just spent all your money on right but um, yeah there was this big uproar, big uproar against Nike and then everyone's a bit like oh right I understand it's um, you know someone else did it, it's not Nike that did it but really I mean either way Who cares (laughs) Right Because Listen How many pairs of trainers Do Nike put out Every year And there's some Like I like a plain trainer Ain't gonna lie Right So I'm like Yeah plain trainers are cool And you see some designs And they're just Some crazy ass You're just like What happened with that Right They're just ugly as shit Like I don't like the I don't think these trainers look great, right, and, you know, even if you were talking about the original, the original Nike version, they don't look great to me, but that's fine, because there's a load of people that love them, so, why don't you look at them like that, this is the thing, right, why are uh, people just like, okay, they made a, a stupid Satan trader, fine, I'm not gonna buy them, <laughs> you're know I mean? like you're fine with them putting out some terrible color clash but you know what I mean just a a few little tweaks in the letters and suddenly now these are the worst things ever right it makes no sense right if you if you you know if you're a Christian you just don't buy them right, if it offends you, you just don't buy them, just buy the Nikes that you do like, but, you know, obviously, you have people, you have people congoning it, one of the most hilarious things was a tweet that went out from uh, Governor Christy Noom, right, and um, she, re firstly, she retweeted you know what I mean, the the advert, right, if you're so against it, why would you be giving it even more heat, so she repeated the advert, but she said, our kids are being told that this kind of product is not only okay, it's exclusive, alright, but firstly, I don't quite get the whole You know like who cares Like why does that Make it even worse but anyway She's like yes they're not only being told It's okay but it's exclusive But do you know What's more exclusive Their God given eternal Soul Uh, we are in a fight for the soul of our nation. We need to fight hard and we need to fight smart. We have to win. I'm just like, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Now, you might think aesthetically that these are terribly, terrible looking trainers. You might think that, right? But to to think that these Six hundred and sixty-six pairs of trainers could destroy the fabric of a nation. Right, if you really honestly believe that, then the fabric of your nation is it's kind of moth ridden, right? <laughs> if you know, if if a faith is real strong, right? If if you believe in all of this stuff, then this, this can't impact it, right? How the fuck is this gonna impact when you've got millions of people living somewhere? How is six hundred and sixty six? pairs of trainers, how is that gonna influence? Right? And the more these idiots, you know, try and come out against all of this, the more heat they're giving it. Right? If these people just ignored it, it would just, you know, disappear. It would just disappear. But yeah, they just Going a little bit crazy, but yeah, I get when Nike is suing them, right? And yeah, like MSC HF, they know. Oh, god damn it! It's it's mischief, right? It's fucking mischief. That's what that means. Man Gah It's just just like I I, I hate it When suddenly you have that realisation You're just like what the fuck is this And it's just like Oh Right I get it Fuck It's mischief They're trying to be cute Alright fine whatever But they knew they knew Nike were going to sue them, right, but that adds to the infamy, right, that's why you do it, to create, like, this infamy, to be like, look at us, we are rebels, we're rebels, (laughs) it's, it's hilarious, now, the people that paid all of that money for the traders, these little wackadoos, they are hilarious, right, they hilarious, now, one of them is completely full of shit, completely full of shit, right, I, I think it's a Joseph Reich, right, he's, um, you know, <laughs> oh, he's like, what is it, I just oh man, it's laughable, it's like, I wanted to support a black gay man, who's attempting to show a different narrative in a majority Christian country, that currently is dealing with a lot of issues with black people, so what better way to do that, than to buy shoes that this person has collaborated with, I was like, shut the fuck up, I'm like, what are you talking about, like, what are you talking about? Right? I'm gonna say, what is the different narrative? <laughs> like, that is the biggest bullshit statement in the world. It is because, you know, people are just trying to spin these trainers. This other person, right? A Mackenzie Norris you know, he's he's pissed, right, because he wanted to flip the traders, right, he's like, in general, I think Nike's lawsuit and their intervention is pretty ridiculous, considering how much damage it can cause to everyday people like me, who just like to customise and resell their products legally, right, so this little numbnut, he was trying to resell the traders for 2,500, right? 2,500, so more than 100%, that's what he's trying to resell them for, so it's not like, oh, you know, there's no outrage on creativity, right? The outrage is, I couldn't make a ridiculous amount of money, like, that's it, that's it, right, like, Ah, so, oh, too many people trying to fake the funk, man, it, it's, it's insane, it's insane, but, man, I'm right, the trainers aren't even nice, how are you dropping all that money for trainers that aren't even nice, it's crazy. Crazy Man Obviously you know, Nike will win this lawsuit Like there's no way You're gonna lose this lawsuit Right And if friggin Mischief really You know wanted to just put out a trick They would have just you know Bought some yeah, Non-brand Trainers Or take the swoosh Off you read at least take the swoosh off, man. What do you it's just it's just kinda silly. It is kinda silly. Right? It's it's even dumber than when true blood was selling that blood drink that was just was it it was just um blood orange right, but people are buying it, because they're like, oh, yeah, it's like I'm drinking blood, I <laughs> think it just shows people, people are ridiculous, right, people are straight up ridiculous, oh dear, <laughs> so another thing I wake up to find, <laughs> that I, well, I have kind of figured that there's a lot happening that I'm just oblivious to, right, but, um, there was a race report put together, right, a report on, is the UK racist, right, so um, the results came out, and um, the report found, no, the UK is not, <laughs> I was like, well, duh, <laughs> like, did anyone think that it's gonna come, you know, to any other result, right, it's it's a little laughable, it's a little laughable, right, so, um, yeah, they're saying, the UK no longer has a system rigged against people from an ethnic minority, <laughs> now, it is a government commissioned report, so, yeah, I think you have to take that into a huge... <laughs> a huge consideration, right? Which is, it, it, the whole thing is laughable, right? Now they want to play around with you know terms such as institutional, right? Is the U K institutionally racist? And what um, <laughs> people say, there's like um, look, there are anecdotal evidence of racism. Right, But there is no proof of institutional And it's like, wait, there's anecdotal evidence I mean, there's clear and present evidence That there is racism within the country But here's the rub I mean, there's racism in every fucking country Right? I I think you don't need a report To realise that where there will be humans there will be racism, right, that's a thing, and after, you know, a year, right, 2020 was the year of everyone, you know, thinking, okay, I'm gonna stand up, and I'm going to say that, yeah, I've been racist, and I'm gonna do better, right, that's that's what 2020 was, you know, people making these weird declarations of, in the past, I've stood silent, I've stood silent, and I've let certain things happen, and no more, no more, I'm going to make a stand, I'm an ally, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, I'm going to post a square, right, but not do anything, like That's when you have had that, right, people making all of these claims, right, you had all the Windrush stuff, you know, there was a a report on Windrush, like how, yes, the government fucked all of that up, and just all of these things, and now you're saying this is doesn't make any sense, right, doesn't make any sense, you know, to, um, just all the claims that are being made, right, all the claims that are being made, now, some of the key findings, they're saying, children from ethnic minority communities did as well or better than white pupils in compulsory education, with black Caribbean pupils the only group to perform less well, I am just like, what does that mean, right, what does that actually mean, you're not saying people are leaving and getting better, you know great jobs or anything like that. Like what are you saying? You know Then they're saying the success in education has transformed British society over the last 50 years into one offering far greater opportunities for all. Well, again, we know that's not true. <laughs> Like, we know that's not true. Now, it's funny, because I remember getting an email from the BFI, right? Email from the BFI, and they are saying, listen, we understand that a lot of times we are asking for certain things on our um, job postings that, you know, we don't need, and it's ostracizing a huge group, Right? And a few other people came out and said it, right, this is a fact When you're asking for certain experience, which not everyone can get, right You, you are closing doors, and a load of groups do this, a load of organisations do this it, it's, it's crazy, like you see some of the requirements, and you're just like, I've done that job Those are not real requirements of the post. What's happening here? Right? So, no. it. You know, I think we've seen more minorities in places because, you know, there's all these schemes and requirements. But you have to look at it and think, where are these people in the hierarchy of organizations right now again we've just had reports on um you know the the lack of diversity in boardrooms we we've we've just recently talked about all of this Right, we've talked about the lack of diversity in management in companies, right? That's why Serena Williams' husband went and, you know, quit the board on Reddit, right? Made that stupid-ass gesture, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, ah, oh, I'm quitting, and I'd like you to employ someone, feel like your bargaining power is no longer there. You quit, you idiot, Right. Now, would he be doing that if, yeah, there weren't these issues? And yes, that's America, but it's the same in the UK, right? I had to do some, um you know, I I was launching some standard in the NHS. And within that, we had to change questions. Had to change questions because so many of the trusts were like, if if we, you know, answer that question, it's going to make us look bad, right? Because, you know, we don't have any diversity on our board. So, we had to change the question, you know? So, to, to say that, yes, oh, everything is, no, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed in the hierarchy of things. Like, oh, they might have employed... You know more cleaners, (laughs) but you know, or more admin. But you go higher in an organisation, and it's a different picture, people. It's a different picture. You know, it is. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing, right? It's a weird thing that they're talking about, and you know, them the recommendations. The huge recommendations from this um report are a little bit like, wait, that's that's it? That's what you're saying? So they're like, oh, increase school hours, <laughs> so so people can catch up. That was one of the huge recommendations. Stop using, um, you know, bam as an acronym, you know, Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic, I mean, it's a dumb acronym, and everyone knows it's a dumb acronym, so, just that, would be like, oh, maybe we stop using this, i mean, like, listen, everyone's been saying that for a while, you know, they're saying, oh, stop funding unconscious bias training, well, obviously, because, again, that's ridiculous, Right? You you had these stupid weird things where every white person had to be like, um, yeah, I'm racist. And you're just like, wait, what's what's going on here? <laughs> what's going on? Not everyone is racist. Right? Not everyone is racist. Jesus, what are we doing? You know, and how is that helping? It's not helping anything, right? Now, there's ways to remove barriers, but, yeah, unconscious bias trading isn't one of them. I mean, a a big issue is just recruitment in general, because people don't know how to, right? They don't know how to recruit. They don't know how to interview people. And, listen, I think the huge thing isn't so much, oh, I don't want to employ a minority, But people like to employ people that mirror them. You know, so if you're getting interviewed by someone who, um, you know, loves reading, you know, is a tea drinker, right? Maybe loves cats. If you're in the interview, you'd be like, oh, yeah, my spare time, I love to, you know, I, I love to read. Oh, I've got cats too. Oh, I love cats. Oh, could I have another cup of tea? You know, the person they're talking to is going to think, oh, I really like this person. You know? And that person is getting a, you know, a boost when it comes to selection. It's as simple as that. Right? You People like to be around people that match their viewpoints and... We have definitely seen that <laughs> we, I mean, that's, that's just been something that is drummed in You know, over the last few years It's pretty evident that it's a fact Right, so it is It's really weird, right Just this, just this whole report And just everything around it You know, like, listen The pandemic showed, right? Minorities would have are people that are more likely to die of COVID, but it's very hard for you know minorities to get the vaccine, right? These are things that you have come out over the last year. These are truths, right? These are huge truths, so it's it's. Weird It's really weird When you have People try and claim That, yeah, no Like, the, the system isn't Stacked it, it It's not stacked Against you Hmm Interesting Interesting You know, oh man I'm, It's a frustrating thing Now I don't see the point in writing the report in the first place, right, because how many times are are people going to do this, you know, they they write these reports, but nothing actually changes, nothing changes, you know, so what do you really think will happen, what do you think really is going to happen from this Stupid ass piece of paper that has come out Right And you have the same people Coming out talking about all of this Right You have the same people doing that Tony Sewell Right Who is on this commission (coughs) Stating that Oh no everything is fine Right Everything is fine And it's just a bit like Listen Tony (laughs) It's all well and good you saying that But you're in a very high powered position So everything might be fine for you But it's not fine for everyone It's not fine for everyone And I think uh, people don't always want to talk about it But it's a fact right You go to any organisation And a lot of times When you have like you know A few minorities in there Who have been able to get Some Key positions They're Starting to work on a little You know they become a little shook Right? They become a little shook And it's a bit like The mentality changes Because you get You then become the whole I'm here I don't want anyone to fuck this up you know what I mean, there's only room for me, right, so I'm going to block the rise of anyone else, right, that's a big thing that happens, it's a big thing that happens, you see people sabotage one another, which is the weirdest thing, right, it's the weirdest thing, people aren't helping each other, they're they're trying to, you know, Fuck other people up because they think, oh, they can. This is Highlander, right? There can be only one, <laughs> and it's me. It's gonna be me. So you need to fuck off. Hey, right? it's an odd. It's an odd situation, but that's happens, right? So I think we need to just, we need to honestly look at all of this stuff, right? We need to honestly look at it and. Let's be real. Like a lot of the things affects everyone, right? Not just minorities, because you see a lot of um. I mean, look, getting into publishing. A, a lot of times, you need to have money to get into these things, right? Because it's a ridiculously low-paying job that. You can't afford to live on that wage. So you need to come from a background where, you know, someone's supporting you financially for you to go in. So they know straight out the gate, right? Or only certain people are going to have, for the most part, that advantage. So you need to change things like that. But they're not going to, right? They're not going to because... No one ever looks at all of these things honestly, right? Everyone wants to lie and try and pretend. You know, there's a stupid thing I saw, right? They're saying, um, although the UK isn't perfect, right? It, it should be looked at as a huge example for, like, majority white countries. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Right, last week, we were just talking about how the royal family are a bunch of racists. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, last week, the royal family and all of these people are racist. And then this week, I don't know, but the country's okay. The country's okay. So there's no problem here. It's just, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Now... Look, it can't just be white people are bad, right? That cannot be the narrative. Because there are a lot of poor white people, right? There's a lot of disadvantaged white people. You know, it's not always just a race thing. But there are definitely barriers that are there. There are definitely barriers that are there. Now, there's, you know, not initiatives with names like red fencing, right? But there are unspoken truths. There are a lot of unspoken truths in organizations. You know, on who should get jobs, who should get promotions. You know, how much someone should get paid. There's a lot of that right and if we're if we're not gonna just admit right it's never gonna change so we don't need these dumb reports we just need everyone to just address their bullshit address the bullshit make some changes look you know what you're doing so if you're doing some bullshit, make a change, make a change, you know, and that's how, you know, that's how things improve, otherwise, in another few years, someone's gonna commission another bullshit report, and we're gonna get more bullshit responses, it's just a circle, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, nothing's gonna come from this, but, You know, one day... One day things will be different. When that day is... Who the fuck knows? (laughs) It's been a trend throughout the ages. Right? Where people take credit for shit they didn't do. You know? Especially in the music industry. Right? You get... People claiming that they've produced on a, on a track That they've written a track Yo, know, this has been huge over the years So, the other day, a group of writers You know, they've come together, they're calling themselves The Pack <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like a band of um, super-villains or something. they like, you can call us the Pact. <laughs> but yeah, they put out this statement, right? Now, um, yeah, there, there's these posts over social media. One image says, what does it say? This body of songwriters will not give publishing or songwriting credit to anyone who did not create or change the lyric or melody or otherwise contribute to the composition without a reasonable, equivalent, meaningful exchange for all the writers on the song. Hmm. So, yes, that's. That's what they're saying, right? And yeah, there's all this stuff going out, everyone banding together. And I'm a bit like, okay, you know, that's all well and good. It's all well and good. But you then have, um, what's he, Justin Tanta? I right? think that's, that's, I feel that's how you pronounce the name right, he's like, um, you know, uh, we want to make this change, and, um, you know, help people, help the new generation of writers, and all of that, but, I, you know, it's not about shaming artists, I don't want people to, you know, make assumptions, or anything like that, you know, we're just trying to, and I'm just like, yo, if you're trying to help, Right, that next generation, like, the, the younger songwriters, the less known songwriters, who, you know, aren't making as much money as you, you've gotta name fucking names, you dumb arsehole, right, they're, they're putting up these open letters, open letters, just, <sighs> I'm like, what the fuck is the point? Like an open letter. It's nearly as bullshit as an open sandwich. I'm just like, what's the point? It's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich if it hasn't got a top. You know? And if if your letter is just to anyone, who's gonna take it seriously? Right? You're not naming names. And the problem is, right? There's like, oh, we want to make this, you know, this situation clear so writers know, and and they can stop themselves from getting bullied, I'm like, just because you know something doesn't mean you're not going to get bullied, you know, if a big artist is like, I want credit, I want credit for writing that song, I want credit for producing the song, and you're going to do it, right, little friggin', you know, Claire Scruff's She's going to be like, uh, okay. If it's her first fucking song, she has no power whatsoever. you would be like, "Uh, uh, but what about the open letter the pact put out? Be like, shut up, Claire. And sign that shit over to me. Doesn't mean anything. Right, now, if you start naming names, letting people know who are the problems... Letting know who are the problems, because, come on now, (laughs) are you trying to tell me that people aren't talking about these people, happens all the time, right, happens all the time, if, you know, listen, it, it gets talked about with directors, with, like, in film, right, if you're talking about film, you always hear about, oh, this director is a problem to work with, this actor, this actress, they're problems to work with. I think at one point they were saying, I think they said like Keanu Reeves was a problem to work with. Catherine Heigl Was a problem to work with. Right. So people do it. <laughs> I mean, people do it. So if you put out, right, these artists, you've got to watch out. Right. They're a problem. Once everyone knows, then you know, you're going to see that shit stop, right? Because they won't be able to do it, right? And everyone will know going in. You know? So if you know Elton John is an asshole. And I'm really people, I'm using that just as a name. It was just a name that came to me off the top of my motherfucking head. It's not to say that Elton John is an asshole. I don't know and I don't care. But let's just say, right? If everyone knows, Elton John is a problem, right? So if he calls you up and he's like, okay, Jimmy. Jimmy, I want you to write me a song. Write me a song. Bring in the contracts tomorrow. Right? You'll know to make sure your la- your lawyer has all that shit locked tight. You know? So they, they, they can't, you know, coerce you into giving anything away. But you know going into that meeting that that's what they're going to do. Right? They can't blindside you. So, naming names, that's giving people, you know, the ammunition. That's giving people the opportunity to protect themselves. Yeah, I don't understand how that is an issue. You're writing an open fucking letter, you're saying this thing happens. People are constantly doing this thing. How is that helpful unless I know the people to look out for? Right? It's not helpful. It's like saying, um, oh, watch out. There are, you know, there are bears in the countryside. You're like, okay, that, that's good. But wh- which which part? Like, can you, can you let me know? I'm going to the countryside this weekend. I'm going to Windermere. Are there bears in Windermere? Yo, is someone going to tell me? Like, are there bears in Windermere? Right? <laughs> you know, you, you let people know. Right? There's, there's, there's no point in writing these stupid ass open letters if that's all you're doing. Right, if that's all you are doing, it isn't helpful. It's not helpful. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Oh man, the pact. Up your fucking game, people. You know, or bend over and keep on getting pegged. It's up to you. So, a guy was caught at John F. Kennedy airport trying to smuggle right trying to smuggle twenty nine finches into the states and I'm like what? what the fuck like how did they find it right that that's just one of the many questions, right, how did they discover that this dude had these finches, right, they, and they live, right, these finches were alive, right, that's the one, that's one thing that I'm just like, how the hell did he manage to bring 29 finches alive through, well, that's one of the questions, right, there's, he smuggled them, in hair curlers. You know, like those things women put in their hair, wrap the hair around, you know, like plastic tubes with holes in. Yeah. So he smuggled the finches inside these hair rollers. So it's just like, firstly, how the fuck did he get the finch inside the roller? Because. It's not like they're roomy <laughs> You know what I mean? They're not spacious It'd be like, hey Finch Would you like to come into a luxury new apartment? No it, 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 You know what I mean? Like, d- did he dope them? You know what I mean? Drug them, knock them out And then put them in this thing? I you is thinking Once a Finch is woken up I, I, I'd, I'd imagine it'd be a little freaked out right, be a little freak, it's like that, Um, yo, when was it, I think it's like, uh, I wanna say 20, um, I was gonna say 2011, but maybe it's 2008, actually, I don't even know, but it was a film called Buried, right, it had Ryan Reynolds, and he he wakes up to find he's in a coffin, buried in the ground. Right? It's a, it's a really good film, actually. Right? It's a really good film because we don't really get, you know, a lot of different locations, but it's kind of tense and it's interesting. But um, yeah, imagine these little finch suddenly wakes up and it's in this confined space. Here yeah, like, he you think it's gonna go a little crazy and possibly kill itself. There's, you know, birds do fly into windows, so, not always the smartest, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, how the hell did he get them into these things, and how did they survive? Because it's, oh, the guy was from Guyana, by the way, Georgetown, Guyana. So, it's um six hours, basically, from Guyana to New York. That's not a short amount of time There is six hours for this bird to be cramped up into this thing Because also, right, it's not just six hours, right Because you've got the going to the airport So there's the prep So you're going to be putting that bird in that thing so many hours before you leave Right then, it's the journey to the airport. It's the waiting around in the airport for the flight and all of that. Then you arrive, right? And everyone knows you. It's not like the plane plane lands and then you're out, right? It's sitting around. It's waiting for the luggage. It's getting through customs. It's all a palaver, right? So, you could imagine this. These birds might be in those things for at least ten hours. At least how the fuck is a finch surviving in that thing for that amount of time? Right? But yeah, why are you smuggling finches? I don't even know. Like I I I, I wouldn't have thought a finch is it's not an exotic bird, right? It's not exotic. Like I I wonder, do, do people eat them? Is that a thing? Like, you know, is it like rhino horn? You know, makes your dick hard? I don't even, this is baffling to me. It is baffling. Like, is there finch soup on menu somewhere? Huh. But yeah, this, well, also, this guy, he didn't get charged, <laughs> right? So he, he he didn't get hit with a criminal charge. He was just given a civil penalty and allowed to fly back. So I'm like, huh. If he came in, would he have then like what's all that about? It's a weird, weird thing. But yeah, he just caught my eye. Right? Caught my eye. Because I'm thinking. Huh? Like, I thought maybe Finches was a code When I first saw this, ain't gonna lie I thought Finch, is that, you know, some drug thing? They call uh, 29 Finches of cocaine, right? You know what I mean? Which is like, uh, the term for a lorry load Right, be like, fuck! We just got and found 29 Finches of, you know what I mean? White, white gold Oh man, but no No, it's the actual bird It's the actual bird In a hair roller How bizarre This might be One of the most bizarre things To happen Mm, I was going to say this year But probably not But So far So I think it could well be Right? It's gotta be Matt, so I'm a big NFL fan Right? I'm a big NFL fan But I think Roger Goodell Right? And just The NFL It's a bunch of crooked motherfuckers Right? They are some Slimy Dirty Fucked up assholes I mean yeah it's gotta be said right so they've increased the number of games increased the number of games in um, regular season so it was 16 and now it is 17 gonna have 17 games now they're not increasing the amount of fan franchises which that surprised me because that that seemed to be the talk, right that they were gonna add um, a new franchise right to the uh, to the mix but no it seems that uh you know it, it, it's not gonna be changed right so they're just uh changing the amount of teams which hasn't happened since 1978 right they added two extra games so it went from 14 to 16 so yes now boom 43 years 43 years later they moved to the teams now obviously players they're not overly happy but um yeah Goodell, you <laughs> he uh he thinks that there you know there's no um there's no issue with uh, with the situation right he had a few things to say right so this is a mon- monumental moment in nfl history The CBA with the players and the recently completed media agreements provide the foundation for us to enhance the quality of the NFL experience for our fans. And one of the benefits of each team playing 17 regular season games is the ability for us to continue to grow our game around the world. Hmm. Okay, Roger. Right, so, um, yeah, people are saying, you know, this increased number of games is it, it, going to bring injuries and issues, right? Injuries and issues because they are decreasing the number of preseason games, right? So now you're only going to have three preseason games. And the, 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 they would to say that most people, right, get injured during the preseason, you know? That's when most people get injured. So, cutting out the preseason, you're cutting out the industries. The injuries, the industries, right? Cutting out the injuries, which I mean that is a... Crazy thing to deduce, right? Because you're getting injuries, there's people just coming back to training, you know, what I mean? like people getting into you know, fitness, right? That's why the injuries are there. There's no one's been like you know, running and moving and doing all of these crazy drills. Up until that point, so the body's a bit like, "Oh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so you'd think by cutting the amount of preseason games, you're then making it that people are potentially going onto the field, you know not as prepared as they could be now, obviously, right there's there's a lot that goes into that, right? because you could say. People are getting paid, so they should be prepared anyway, right? They should be prepared before they even hit preseason. But come, on, you, we know that's not going to be a thing. But it's like with all of this, you know. Now they're saying, look, we're we're upping the amount of money. Uh, you know, the players are getting through shares. Right, so through the revenue share, they were were getting 47%. Now, they're going to be getting 48.5. Right, so there's that. But, you have to think about all those concussions and hits. All those concussions and hits. You're just increasing that. And how many times have we seen, you know, ex-players do some real crazy-ass shit? And crazy-ass shit means killing people and beating up partners. You know, just stuff like that. You know, like, they always, you know, talk to family and be like, they were never like that. They were all this lovable person. And all of a sudden, they switched and be like... Yeah, no shit. Because when the doctors cut their brains open, they found that they were scrambled. Right, so you're increasing the games. But what about the protection? Like there's there's so many things here that aren't getting done, but the NFL as a whole are just getting richer. Just getting richer. It's yeah, it's kind of foul Right, it is a little bit foul You know what I mean? I don't know I just I don't think it looks right Right, I don't think it looks right at all And especially when you factor in Like, right, this, this is the only time that they get to make money Right, Because you can't make money in university so like joining in for that's the one time that you get that's your your moment to start making. But now it's like, oh, yeah, you might make a little bit of change, but now the the likelihood of you leaving you know what I mean leaving with a um you know a, a modicum of health yeah, we're gonna we're gonna scale that back, right? I mean, come the fuck on. They've also said that um, all the games will be uh, with full attendance again. Full attendance. So there's going to be, so there won't be those stupid cutouts and piped in noise. So that's something. But I do find it interesting that... They're not going to mandate the vaccine because I'm just a bit like okay, if you're bringing all of these teams in, right? So every team, you know, you're increasing and out of games. You're gonna have you know crowds and attendance back in the stadium, and we know <laughs> we know that yeah, minorities are at the greater risk of. COVID, and, you know, <laughs> look at your the makeup of your teams, right, you just be like, wouldn't it just be sensible, NFL, buy up some vaccines, and make sure all the players are safe, right, it just seems like a smart thing to do, but they're not gonna do it, they're not gonna do it, which, yeah, it's very odd. The NFL just do some weird-ass shit. Weird-ass shit. Makes no sense. <sighs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I do not know. how the season does start, though, on the, I think the 9th of September, which I'm not sure if that's earlier or later than usual. Right? Don't know. I don't know. They're moving the Super Bowl, which is interesting. So the Super Bowl next time will be on the thirteenth, right? So this thing—it's a conflict with the Winter Olympics. But I mean, come on, not everyone watches the Winter Olympics. I mean, you could have both on. It's options. (laughs) Ah, people, people, people. I don't know the, the the thing that I'm thinking like Can Tampa Bay Repeat That's the real shit right Can Tampa Bay repeat Okay people so This week on Chin No UFC but We will be looking ahead to A couple of cards That are going down on a Friday night So once you're done with this go uh, go check that out share with your people's and let's see if um we can make some decent predictions this week because last week kind of stunk it up last week but hey a broken clock is gonna be right every um I don't know every now and again <laughs> so let's see people all right let's go yeah well it's not necessarily a film but it is inspired by films so that's why we're going to talk about it and that is people creep show so this is the um the new shudder adaptations which were um yeah which, which were kind of veering off from the two original films, right? So, you had Creepshow 1 in 1982, directed by George A. Romero, written by Stephen King, and then um sh- the sequel, Creepshow 2, that dropped in 1987, this one directed by the original film Cinematographer... Michael Gornick and um <laughs> written by the original director, George J Romaro. So, um, yeah, so he had two films, and then um, Shudder in 2019 were like, you know what, let's bring this to the TV screen. So, yeah, that's what they did, you know, very extremely successful. So, um yeah, got renewed, got renewed for a second season, which is just about to drop, and uh, yeah, luckily enough, I was able to take a look at the first two episodes, All right, so, um, yeah, this is from the Monster Agency Productions, Striker Entertainment, and Taurus Entertainment, Uh, The first episode is written by John Espepido And directed by Greg Nicotero Ugh Greg Nicotero Nicotero? Ugh You know, he's a, a legend in the horror genre Like, he's basically, you know, he kind of is orchestrating this um, TV revival of Creep Show, so yeah, the first it's interesting. I didn't know, right? So each episode is two parts, right? So the first one, it is um, Model Kid, right? So that was written by John Esparito. And the second part is Public Television of the Dead, written by Rob Schwab. And, um, yo, oh my gosh, right? I wasn't really sure what to expect. Now, I do, but I I swear I've seen the original films, right? And, you know, they use this kind of comic concept, you know, like, the, the viewer is um, watching these stories that come to life out of a comic book, right? So, you know, I think the, the whole production and everything like that is, is very interesting and very well done. But, yeah, this original story, you know, this um, model kid, the gist is this, right? So, Joe doesn't have many friends, but he's happy to hang out with the model toys of his favorite scary movie monsters. And he'll learn just how supportive his toy friends can be. And I have to say, right, this one, it's, um, and it's got that old school vibe, right? So, think, um... You know, those classic TV shows from back in the day. I mean, you you don't even have to go back to the, the, you know, 60s, 70s. You can think the original Sabrina Teenage Witch, right? From the, I want to say 90s? Yeah, I feel that was in the 90s. Right, The, the Melissa Joan Hart version, not the new version on Netflix. But yes, that version, right, and you think of the tone of it, so it's a little over the top, a little tongue-in-cheek, right, a little OTT, but fun, and that's what this is, right, so it, it, you've got these, um, basically it's a kid that loves monsters, right, it's his crutch to help him get through you know this current shitty situation he's found himself in, and um, like the effects wise, effects wise is very, yeah, it's good, but it's got that old school vibe to it. So you know you think of those horror monster films, right? You you think of any of those, you know. Little Harry Hasselhoff, you know, what I mean? like that kind of vibe to it. So, though the monsters are good, they're not too good to be like, oh, this is now kind of thing. You feel me? And, um, it's a little campy, right? A little crazy. So, the acting is a bit hammed up and all of that. So, it's fun right, it is fun and not overly scary, there are a few jumps in there, for sure, but not overly scary, so, you know, I definitely enjoyed it, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm down, I can be down with this, right, then you get public television of the dead, right, which, um, yeah, (laughs) This one written by Rob Shaw So the the gist is A public TV station and its happy daytime TV hosts Are overwhelmed when the appraisal of an antique book Accidentally summons a dark force And Yo (laughs) This one People People, trust me, this, this is a lot different, right? This is a lot different to that first episode. So, I think there are definitely bits of it, like bits of the production that lull you into, oh, it's going to be like the first episode, right? It's going to be like that first part and that that was a that was a nasty little trick they played on you people because yo <laughs> this ups the ante this part ups the ante for sure right you you definitely have a lot more jumps a lot more jumps this is creepier there is definitely a bit more scary and um Man, I think it makes you look at Bob Ross Differently <laughs> it Definitely makes you look at Bob Ross A little bit different Right? But it is, it's is—it's a lot of fun So this one I would say Has a bit army um, Oh gosh, army of the dead? Is that army of the dead? You know, Ash Ash, that dude um Bruce Campbell, right? It kind of reminded me of um those films. Right? So yeah, you 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 had those, right? So that's that's episode one. So you get to the end of episode one and you're like, yo, <laughs> okay. Alright. I might have um misjudged this. It's not so it's it, it, you know I mean? it's it's not so kidified <laughs> So yeah, then episode two man, episode two definitely ramps it up even more, right? So um the first part, Dead and Breakfast. So this is written by Michael Rouslet and Eric Sandoval. It's directed by Alexel Caroline. And um oh actually I've got the full cast here. So it's Ali Lata, C. Thomas Howe, and Iman Benson. And so the gist of this one is when a true crime travel vlogger documents her stay at a hokey haunted bed and breakfast, she gets a much scarier experience than she was expecting. So, I think with this, it, you know, I think you you get that whole, um, well, it taps into that whole ghost haunting TV show kind of stuff, you know. There's a few people have them. I know in the UK, I think. Oh gosh. I wanna say there's a guy called Derek Accorder. I think it's Derek Accorder. Something like that. It was one of my friends who um yeah I used to know. She loved those shows. Loved them. Right? But not much happens. You know, there's a few oh flickery lights and all of that, but yeah uh but you know the people love this stuff right you know the thing is it has that you know scary <laughs> segment of it but yeah it, it so it taps into that taps into that and um the whole kind of influencer culture but it goes from this Goes from this kind of a vibe of Oh, it's just a You know, play up of To then Something a bit more gruesome Right? Something a bit more gruesome And it kind of It, 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 it fools you Right? Because it starts off a little campy And then it goes And gets crazier and like it, it's got some nice little twists up in it. Right? It, it's definitely a fun one. Definitely a fun one. But <laughs> our second part, right? Our, our second part is um pesticide. So this is uh, written by Frank Dietz, and um again it's directed by uh Greg. Nicoretto. um, and it's starring Josh McDermott Keith David and Ashley Lawrence alright so the idea is an exterminator is tasked with a big job and it's more than he bargained for the payout is huge but is it worth what it's costing him Hmm. So I think with this, you you don't really know where the hell it's going at first, right? There's there's I think there's a few people that you think oh, they're gonna be the antagonist, right? Oh, so are we following gonna follow that person? Oh no, actually, are we following that person? Like oh where's this going, so, you you know what I mean, we, we see, the, see some stuff, and then it jumps into something, something real fucked up, right, something real fucked up, which you're like, okay, all right, this is what we're doing, but then it goes somewhere completely different, right, so, yeah you you have so many twists in this one right there's so many twists and it gets messy uh the crazy thing about this one is it's hmm there's so much I, I you're not see the whole thing is you're not allowed to say too much right not allowed to say too much. Embargoes and spoilers and the like. But I will say, right? It's it it's chumpy as hell, right? The stuff goes down and I yeah, I literally jumped out of my frigging seat. And it's weird. It's weird because it's not as I would say, right? I would probably say that public television of the dead had a few a few more like scary scary bits in it. But I think with pesticide, you get thrown stuff that you were just totally not expecting. So it just catches you unaware. Right? And that just fucks you up. Right? But you're just like, wait, what the fuck? Huh? No. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, like, it it really does the trick. Right? It really does the trick. And it has some interesting payoffs in it. It definitely has some interesting payoffs. So, people, right? That's just the first two episodes. You know? And there's four more. So, hey, if the first two episodes are anything to go by, yo, you're going to want to watch the rest of it, right? If you were fans of season one, yeah, you will want to do season two. You'll want to do season two, right? And, people, even better news, right, Season three is already being commissioned. So yeah, you'll be able to watch all of this, have your fun, and know that more goodness is going to be on its way. Right? So um, yeah, it will be dropping on shudder on Thursday the first of April. Ha ha ha. And people, right? It's a Shudder exclusive, so it's not like you can go, oh, let me grab it on Netflix or Amazon, no, it's a Shudder exclusive, so you're gonna go, gonna have to go and get yourself a subscription, but don't worry, right, because if you go over to Shudder, you can get a, I believe it's a seven day, yeah, seven day trial, not bad, and people, We have talked up so much of the Shudder content. It's been so good. Right? It's been so goddamn good. So, yeah. You're going to (laughs) want... You're going to want to, you know, get a little taste from that trial. But, yeah, once you're on it, I think you're going to stay. Right? Because you get stuff like Blood Quantum, which we have talked about. Host right hunted you know lucky which we um we got into a few weeks back right scare package you know shook which again we we got into that just the other week right and slacks too They're just, that's just a few of the great things you will find on here the cleansing hour the shed people there is so much a violation, you know, which again we got into just last week. So, there is a lot of fun things on Shudder, people. And now, it's gonna be creep show season two. So you will not wanna miss it, people. That's for sure. Alright? So go enjoy, have fun. Um, yeah, there's a trailer in the uh, you know. Episode details, so you know, if you want a little taste of that, go check it out. But, um, yeah, who people, <laughs> watch it with a friend because <laughs> it's jumpy as hell. <laughs> Creep Show season two. So, this week I um, I checked out the last book in Octavia Butler's Xenogenesis Trilogy, Imago. Imago? Hmm. I feel that's how he would say it, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. But yes, Imago. Right? So, again, this is read by Barrett Aldridge. And the gist is this. Child of two species, but part of neither. A new being must find his way. Human and Uncolly have been mating since the aliens first came to Earth to rescue the few survivors of an annihilating nuclear war. The Oncoli began a massive breeding project guided by the Alloy. <coughs> the Alloy. A sexless subspecies capable of manipulating a DNA in the hope of eventually creating a perfect star-faring race. Jedya is supposed to be just another hybrid of human and collie. But as he begins his transformation to adulthood, he finds himself becoming a lot a collie, the first ever born to a human mother. As his body changes, Jediah develops the ability to shapeshift, manipulate matter, and cure or create disease at will. If this frightened young man is able to master his new identity, Jediah could prove the saviour of what's left of mankind. Or if he's not careful, he could become a plague that will destroy this new race once and for all so yeah it's it's definitely a a big leap, this one from the last book, you know, and we, you know we start off right with um Judea's kind of in right so, which does take you off guard, right? There's you kind of think, oh, are we with?" You know, um, the, uh, gosh, I forget the the kid from the second book. But you you think you might be with him going through his metamorphosis. You know, but no, it's a completely new character here. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it feels like a completely different book, this one. I will say, right, one thing that does become a little bit like, huh? Because I think in our previous books, every time, you know, the oncology the, the would meet up with um resistors. And the resistors all the time will be like, oh, yeah, you're you're evil, you're this, you're that. But it's like, Dion Colley haven't attacked anyone, right? So, it just, you kind of feel a little bit, how can they always have this same opinion? It's a little bit crazy. And, listen, I I, I get it because people be weird. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like there's people that have those prejudices, right? And no matter what evidence, what evidence there is, it will still be like, oh, yeah, we're, inf- they're inferior to us, so, you know, oh, they're, you know, ugh, I can't even think, right, but there, there's this ongoing thing, and we, and we see that, but also, we then have people that are like, eh, just because my parents think that way, or just because, you know, my cousins think that way, or my friends think that way, I don't, right, I have seen enough evidence to show me that, yeah, what they're saying is bullshit, so you'd think that, you know, they're gonna meet some humans that aren't completely against them from the giddy up, because it's just like every single one, right? Every single human they me hates them at first, right? Hates them at first and wants to, you know, escape or kill them or, you know, something. And then it's not until, you know, they've used their witchy abilities to kind of, you know, lull their senses... And then after being around them for a bit, they're like, oh, okay, fine. We're with you. But it's not kind of it's a it's an odd like this book especially. This book feels really I think it feels a little creepy, some of those interactions. Because it's like um, you know, Judas is like, oh, I need a mate, right? So I'm going to f- trick these humans, right? <laughs> and that's what you get. Like, it's kind of, um, you know, I think it's that one where you, you're you telling, you know, the the partner, yeah, I want to have kids. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do it. But you have no intention of doing that, right? It It, it seems like that. That the you know getting duped all the time, which yeah feels a little creepy, right? Because then you get the situation where it's like um oh let me um get some more, let me get some more for my friend. So it's just like oh shit, <laughs> it's like they're out date raping or something. It's super super sketchy, you know, in the shit that they're pulling, which is, yeah, very, very weird, you know, very weird, but I don't know, like, uh, Butler has got very good writing, like, I enjoy her writing style and all of that, but yeah, this book, Out of the three. It is definitely the uh, the most uncomfortable. Like, there's the others. You get the others, right? You, you can see what the situation is. You know, there's this ideology between everyone involved. And it makes sense, right? You can see those logical arguments and back and forth and everything like that. But yeah, this one is more. It it kind of feels more straightforward in the approach, right? That that's what it kind of seems like. And um, the ending, it didn't really feel like a. You know, this is the end of a trilogy. More of a case of there's gonna be more, but there's not more, right? I don't know, so yeah, I I don't know if she, you know, maybe had thoughts of coming back to this story, you know, at at some point, but then just was never able to do that, but yeah, it does end on a, um, does seem to end on a note of, until next time, you know what I mean, like we do get, um, we do get kind of told in a roundabout way that everything on Mars is fine. But also, you know, in previous books, we've been told that it, it's not going to end well. <laughs> Mars ain't going to end well, right? They're going to be on this thing, you know, trying to uh, basically turn Arrakis <laughs> into June. But... Um, yeah, eventually it's just all gonna blow up in their faces So we don't know how How far in or anything like that they are Right, and this whole human on relationship, it It doesn't really seem to be Improving Right, you've got the resistors and then you've got the other crew, but they, you don't know, are they just there because, like, of the weird pheromones, the uncle are throwing out? Who knows? Right? Who knows? But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been an interesting series, right? Definitely been an interesting one. So... I don't know. I, I think they're taking turning this into a TV show. So, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, adapt the material. Yeah, I'm going to be interested. But, I think this is enough to make me think, yeah, I'd I check out more of Butler's work for sure. You know? So, um, yeah. I don't know. If you've done the previous two, this is... I think it's worth checking this out for that different take, and just to kind of see that evolution in this breeding program, as it were. But um, it's probably the weakest of all three books. I would say that probably the weakest of all three. But you know, the um, yeah, narration is decent and everything like that. So yeah, I don't know. It's probably worth doing because you've done the other two, so you might as well finish it off, you know. So, um, Imago, right on Audible. Well, yeah, I think it's only on Audible, an Audible exclusive. So, yes, go check it out. Okay people, so as we draw to a close on another episode Let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV So, um, you know, WWE made a, a huge deal recently And they're moving over to the Peacock You know what I mean? So, Gone will be their standalone platform And yeah, they're going to be integrated to the Peacock streaming service But with that Comes Censorship Right because the Peacock That's getting um, Yeah rated like Normal TV unlike You know Amazon and Netflix which Means <laughs> They are editing The uh, It said the questionable You know of content from WWE And you're thinking That's basically All the 80s and the 90s Right? Because when you look at You know, past characters They were just caricatures You know what I mean? They, it, it, it was pretty on the nose A lot of the shit that they did You know, Vince he, he wasn't that, um You know, creative With a lot of those characters He'd be like, um Let's have a, a Native American Indian Oh, let's have a black guy And he can be A, uh, a thug You mean, that That's what it was, so Yeah, I'd imagine A lot of shit just Ain't gonna be showing up Alright, so, um yeah All these fans They probably should um, I don't know Download, record stuff Off of the WWE Network Before it goes kaboom Very shortly You know what I mean? Alright So uh, With what they're doing with everything Right? So Um Ali McAbeel is the latest TV show That looks like it's coming back as a, a limited event series Like no word on the amount of episodes or anything like that But Callista Flockhart She's probably going to be coming back And um, David E. Kelly Will be um, uh, coming back as well So, with this though, he he, it looks like he's just going to be an executive producer, and they will be bringing a um, a female creative to showrun, which um, yeah, you know, I get it. All right, makes sense. Uh, So yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Right, what they're gonna do, and um, if any of the other people, such as Lucy Lou, you know, will be um, reprising their roles on the on the show, right? So, um, fans of Ken Follett, Ken Follett, I never know how to pronounce his names. Right, but he had that famed trilogy of books Pillars of the Earth and the whatnot Well, um, yeah, The Evening and the Morning Right, which um, is another of his, uh, you know Popular books and a prequel to uh, Pillars of the Earth Well, uh, that is going to be made into a TV series from Legendary Television and Range Media. Alright, so, um, you know, the story follows uh, a young boat builder, a Norman noble woman and a monk who all come into conflict with an evil bishop Obviously, it's the church. You know who is doing anything he can to amass wealth and power. Hmm. So, um, yeah, more books that are being adapted to the small screen. Uh, so uh, fans of Sarah J. Mass. You know, she's got a ton. Of popular young adult books Out there And her A Cult of Thorns And Roses series That looks like It might be coming to Hulu Right, so um, Ronald Moore Who has a, uh, a Huge deal over On Hulu He's going to be Writing a pilot For it And, um, they've entered a deal where, uh, if it doesn't get picked up, um, a huge chunk of money is gonna have to get paid, so, it it sounds like they are hot on the property, so, you know what I mean? Who knows, right? But it's about a, um, a a 19-year-old huntress. Named Phaea Archeron Who is brought into the fantastic lands Of Pythinion After murdering a fairy wolf In the woods Hmm Alright Sure Other news right? If you are a fan Of Attack on Titan And sad that the story Has come to an end well, the, the TV show anyway um, Yeah, good news for you people Because it hasn't ah, That's right They went and pulled a fast one on people Because they are bringing out a, um, a part two It's always a weird one, right? Just, you know Just say you've decided to give it a 17th season Right, instead of oh no, it's uh, the final season part two. <laughs> so already there's been 75 episodes, right? So um, they, they're, uh, they're saying that the, the second a lot will probably consist of 23. I'd imagine though that they'd probably go 25, right? Give yourself a, a slap bang a hundred. There's, you know, that makes it all great For syndication and the whatnot But, um, yeah You know, this will all Be hitting Um, at the end Possibly the end of the year You know So, uh Yeah You know, and I guess it feeds Into the fact that The actual, um Comic book series itself that will be coming to an end shortly, so this last lot of episodes will, um, yeah, most likely pick up on that, right? Okay, so um, yeah, you know, Cartoon Network are doing a live-action Powerpuff Girls. Right, that, that got announced recently And the, um, yeah, the cast is coming together You know, so uh, Donald Fazian is joining as Professor Drake Old, oh, Old, oh, um, Utonium? Utonium? Alright, so it says Utonium is a quirky debonair narcissist scientist um genius immensely proud of the three extraordinary girls he created in his lab hmm okay i did not know that they were uh, created now we've also you know the the girls themselves have been casted too so Chloe Bennett will be playing Blossom Dove Cameron will be playing Bubbles And Yana Perlute is Buttercup Huh Yeah, these characters have got weird-ass names, right? Hmm, I was never a Powerpuff person To be honest, people <laughs> uh, So, um... Yeah, other other books, you know, and what not being adapted is um, Amanda Bridgman's, you know, story from 2018, The Subjugate, right? So, um... This follows a pair of detectives who in 2040 are called on to investigate a series of murders in a religious community that has turned its back on technology and the modern world. The obvious suspects are formerly violent offenders Who have been turned into servants But the town's Puritan citizens are also hostile And keen to avoid having their society and its institutions probed Alright, so, um, yeah This is being turned into a TV series Right, so, um Yeah, they've got, um Who is it Uh, Angie Fielder Polly Stanfield Luke Rivett and Ryan Cunningham On board to Produce it But uh, yeah No cast or directors Have yet um, Come on board But uh, I I mean it it sounds Interesting enough right Um, So Also Right uh, William Gibson Right He's The peripheral, um Book Is being turned Into a uh, Show Right For Amazon Which um, Yeah I enjoyed that Right And it had a Recent um, Sequel uh, Which I forget The name Right But um, Jack Raynor Has um, Been cast in the uh, lead role, and it's coming from Jonathan Nolan and his wife Elisa Joy. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think you can be confident that this should be uh, well produced and interesting, right? Uh, so um, Vincenzo Natalia is um gonna be. Uh, directing, um, and executive producing, right, along with Scott B. Smith, who's also writing, and and Anthony, 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 yeah, Anthony, Wickham, Stephen Hoban, and Greg Plagerman um, who is going to be the showrunner? It's going to be hour-long episodes, right? And also, we've got a Chloe Grace Moretz. She's going to be playing Flynn Fisher, a woman trying to hold together the pieces of her broken family in a forgotten corner of tomorrow's America. Right, so, um, yeah, it was a very interesting book. So, i uh, ah, definitely looking forward to this one, right? Um, also, people, mark it on your calendar, but the 20th of June is Rick and Morty Day. That is right, people, because the 20th of June will see... The fifth season hitting the airwaves Right, so um, it's 10 episodes But we don't know um, if we're going to get them all at once Or if they're going to split I'm feeling as it's been delayed We should get just all 10 I hate all this splitting shit It's irritating Especially when it's 10 episodes Because five uh, Five just ain't enough Right? Ain't enough It's frustrating as a motherfucker But um yeah There we go Now let's end on this Because um You know the other day Right? O'Shea Jackson Jr. Put out a um A little teaser Saying he's Stepping into a galaxy Far far away Galaxy far far away What's the thing a galaxy a long time ago Well you know Star Wars, Star Wars. He's joining the Star Wars world Right um, And uh, yeah now we learned That he is Joining the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited Series at Disney Plus Right and um, Yeah all the Others on this piece You know we've got um, Moses Ingram Joel Edgerton Bonnie Pieces Kamal Nanjimani um, Who, yeah, you know, he's an Eternal And now he's a, uh, you know, a Star Wars person we got Indria Varma Rupert Friend uh, Song Kang Simone Kiesel And uh, Benny Safadi. So, um, yeah, not a bad cast at all So they're obviously joining Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christian As, uh, they reprise their roles Um, so, uh, yeah, Edgerton and Pease You know, that's gonna be Owen and Beru Um, It's getting directed by Deborah Chow Right, and they're saying that it's a decade after Revenge of the Sith Right, so, um, yeah I I don't know if this is based on a comic book A book I have no clue But, fuck it I am down for the ride, people. But, yeah, that's it. We are done for another one. So, people, we will see you next Wednesday. But remember, right, go check out check Chin Check. We've got Echo Chamber tomorrow. You know, there's plenty of goodness for you to go and take a look at. So, people, you do that. Enjoy. And um, we will catch up uh, next Wednesday or, yeah, on one of the other shows. All right, people. Peace. Peace.